So I just offer my respect and encouragement just for persistence over a period of time, particularly in this uh, group retreat, but throughout the whole retreat period, in fact, for uh, many of you I've known for years, practicing persistence, defeating difficulties, uh, coming through, making offerings, uh, exerting yourselves, letting go, starting again. You know, this kind of ongoing culture like the tide coming in and it retracts and it comes in again. And it gets blocked and it wavers and it comes in again. <laughs> and it retracts and it comes in again, you know. That's the way your practice goes. Sometimes you get stuck. And you just got to, okay, well, what's going on here? And a bit turbulent. And then, I don't know if I can do this. And, and, and you, you get it. Oh, you get the point. Something can shift. You begin to see what you didn't see. Or realise what you didn't realise. Or handle what you didn't know was there. And then moving through. And, uh, it's very testing. Yeah. Because a lot of the time we come to these places where we don't really know where we're going, whether we can do it, something wrong with me, you know, and it gets very personal. There's something wrong with me. Mm. I can't do it because I'm like this. My character, my nature, my history, my... And it gets very intense and a lot of energy goes into that, to that story, building it up. Of course, this is the main story that... The mind constructs through lifetimes, through lifetimes, constructs this I am story. Um, Do you ever get to recognize who is this I am? What is it? Part of a habit and a sound and a voice and an emotion and a sense of stuck habits and patterns. Mm. Uh, A lot of our practice is just being out of to realize, yeah, the I am cannot do it. <laughs> yeah, that's why so many people kind of like the idea, think it's a great idea, look at results, think it's a great result, but actually find themselves deeply challenged because it's the I am has to be understood carefully as a series of energies and habits, all these stories, and find another vehicle. Mm-hmm. Nature is vehicles expressed in many different ways, but um, right now I'm just using, refer to these five Indriya, spiritual faculties or spiritual allies, Sadha, faith, aspiration. There's, There's a way that can be done. It has been done. Others have done it. It's doable. It may take some work, there's a path up the mountain, and it's for human beings. Mm. Okay. You know, how long, how fast, don't know, but there is a way. Virya, energy, gathering energy, then make energy specific application of energy. Okay, I can't do it, but I can do this. Yeah. I can't, you know, watch my breath, but I can do walking. Okay, work on that. I can focus on just relaxing, letting go of my intensities and 
emptying out. You find specific skillful means. It requires wise discernment, survey of where the possibilities are. It's something you should investigate. Use energy with wisdom. It's not just blindly plugging away. Seeing which specific problems come to the top of the pile that you can deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can get up in the morning. I can try. I can, rather than just cave in. I can get here. Yeah, okay, I can charm. Okay, I can bear with it. Okay, and you're just doing that. You begin to wear down the tide of ignorance, craving, restlessness, doubt. Just taking a stand against it. And the beauty of the practice is it works. It works beyond the I am. Sure, I can't do it, but the indriyas can. You just got to give them the opportunity to keep keep working for you, because they actually. The chitta, the nature of the mind, is it does recognize these qualities, these transpersonal qualities, and it does actually, it's kind of strange. See, I am, it's not really in charge of the mind. It thinks it is. It thinks it is until you begin to recognize all these irrational fears and joys and cravings and crashes that I am has no say over. The I am does not have control of the mind, it just claims it does. But the injuries do, they can. When the chitta recognizes its true leaders, it's like a dog that knows where the master is. It goes to that. Because they're solid, they're stable, they're trustworthy, they're noble, and they give results. So it goes to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can. I can make the effort to sit. I can hold my body up. And just that recognizing that your faith has increased because I don't have to cave in or run away or get spooked over what my mind is muttering away at. I can face it. Even this, this faith, this energy, this persistence, as results, gradually the Tides of ignorance begin to recognize, hey, they've met something that's got some, it's not going to give way. They begin to back off, die down. They find another route. They say, what about some craving? Here, what about this? What about that? You kind of buy into it and then, wait a minute, you feel what it's doing to your mind. Kind of turbulent, murky, endlessly proliferating. No. Go back to the master. You know, it's like a dog that goes sniffing off around street corners, <laughs> smelling piles of urine, chasing other dogs. <laughs> and then master whistles, oh, it recognises the master, it comes back. <laughs> but it will do that. <laughs> it will do that. So you're going to recognise this is like training a dog. <laughs> For a long time, it's been sniffing around <laughs> in all kinds of corners of the universe. So... It doesn't, you've got to keep calling it to heal. This is where the master is. Make it the master. If your energy and effort is just that which requires you to get up regularly, get there, hold yourself up, do the chanting, hang in, do the chores, 
you know, do that. Then you, you're creating a kind of benchmark of the tide stops here. <laughs> Commitment has its results. Eventually those tides, they don't, they wane. Uh, so this is practice. It's a kamatana. You make your life a kamatana. Resolution. Without resolution, there's no practice. Just, you know, you just... It's kind of Sunday afternoon practice. <laughs> you know, where the weather's nice practice. No, this is not. That's not practice. So, you know, it's, 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 it's okay, you know, but it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you have these resources and these teachings and these encouragements and this support, it's not Sunday afternoon. It's every day. That's what makes it for the bad, the good, the ugly, the messy, the beautiful and the waning and changing of all this, you get it, you get it, this stuff changes. And when it's present, it's, it's very convincing and you bear with it and it shifts and changes. Sometimes it weeks, months, it changes. Yeah. At the time you learn a few things, you know, you realise that, you know, your irritation with the chores monk for telling me to do a chore is not something wrong with him. It's called ill will. <laughs> your indignation about the routines, not the routines, it's just ill will. Your need to go for a Stroll in the afternoon and so forth, and then a relaxation. Now it's called restlessness and laziness. You know, we're supported. You know, we owe it to others, we owe it to ourselves to keep rising up, holding it together. And so, those who can do it, great respect and. Uh, you know, uh, it's not just a matter of respecting; it's an acknowledgement. This is what's going to this is what's going to work for you. Don't expect to not have ill will. Don't expect to not grumble and complain. Don't expect to not craving and fantasizing. Don't expect that, but expect to learn how to understand these as they are and begin to rein in the projections onto others, onto the past, onto self, onto the future, you know, rein it in. Here now, this is your last time on this earth, it's now. In a way, this is what sati is about. <laughs> right mindfulness anyway. You frame it up. You put your mind within a frame. This is the mind. It sounds, so what? No, no. 
This is mind. Tomorrow is mind. Other people is mind. My past is mind. Theravada Buddhism is mind. It's mind doing its thing. They're not outside it. And so you hold it with that. Then you begin to subtly hold that. You say, what actually staying with it? The storylines begin to fade and you feel the welling up of sadness or loss or anxiety or wanting something or feeling inadequate or feeling irritated or oh god I wish I was somewhere I could just cave in on and somebody look after me <laughs> maybe Jesus is the only way <laughs> help yeah this is mine okay what's needed here steadying steadying cooling bearing up breathing in Breathing out, body, walking, standing, energy in the legs, pressure in the feet, relaxing the hands, dropping the shoulders, opening the chest, relax around the eyes, another breath, breathing in, space around me. Moving along, nobody bothering me, all the time in the world, moving along, don't have to get anywhere, don't have to be something, space around me, ground beneath me, moving along, breathing out, breathing in, like that, you know, and so you, you know, you, it's all is you come through the flutter and the agitation by finding a sign, signs that stabilize, signs that cool, signs that ease, a sign of space around me, a sign of ground beneath me, simplicity of a body, standing, feeling the muscles in the legs, the back, relaxing the shoulders, feeling balanced. Mm. The pressure of the mind, like a fluttering bird in your hands, fluttering, beating its wing. You hold it carefully, steady it. Don't panic. This will pass. And then, oh, yeah. Oof. Coming through. You realise what hadn't been realised. All this was mind being affected by restlessness, ill will, contracted mind, dissipated mind, agitated mind, affected by these, these effects, these currents that run through it. Mindfulness of mind, mindfulness of heart, mindfulness of citta. Then, mm. with that, what is it that does that can actually bear mindfulness you know is that me we may think that's me but actually just the faculty that develops through the authenticity 
and the faith to meet that which arises without uh, clinging to it, proliferating around it. And just finding a frame of reference that will help to bear with that. We're using body to back up the mind. Back up. Mindfulness of body supports mindfulness of mind. And with discernment, with wisdom, processes you begin to realize some of these, where these arisings of agitation or constriction or occlusion, dullness, and be able to discard it, release it. First of all, just releasing the kind of items that, that trigger it. So you don't give attention to phenomena that arouse lust or craving. You directly turn away. You don't need any more of that. We've been doing that for lifetimes. We don't need to have you don't you know, turning away. Turning away from Qualities that arouse, phenomena that arouse ill will. Comparing yourself with others is going to create ill will. <laughs> yeah. How it could be better, perfectionism creates ill will. Could be better, therefore this is worse. So comparing mine, not good. Here we are, this is this. Hmm. And giving attention to qualities that uh, brighten silence, the brightness of light, silence, the ease of breathing, Mm. beauty of noble company, the gratitude, respect for what one's in. These are to be cultivated because these are things we don't, we kind of, don't see. But everybody here who lives here for a year, for a week, laywoman, senior nun, whatever, we're all offered support freely with no restriction. People aren't saying you can only do this, this is for you, for your benefit. I want you to keep practicing. You know, this isn't the time to get careless or casual. And actually rejoice. It kept me going for the first couple of years, at least. They use wisdom, wise reflection. Turn your attention. And then you find the sign, such as the unattractiveness, 
you can make then as your where you build up your samadhi. So of course samadhi means the mind is now gathered together, collected around its theme, settles into it. Sati frames it up and begins to discard what's necessary and then samadhi develops out of that collectedness, concentration. This is not kind of samadhi as a bypass, like going out into fantasy realms or la-la land or somewhere or the other, wading in bliss. No, this is just strength. The strength of the collected mind. It's the fruition of faith, energy, mindfulness. It means all those now are gathered together. It's strong. The mind is strong. It doesn't crumble. And it begins to enjoy its strength. Just like a, a person who's been sick, broken leg, damaged, they get out of bed, they start exercising, they enjoy their vigour. They enjoy it. They're capable. So it is that when this mind is released from hindrances, it enjoys its strength. And it's not just enjoyable, it's also we can do some we can really do some work. on pushing back tides of ignorance. So you see, and of course this concentration isn't just not really concentration on an object as such, it's persistently, mindfully bearing something in mind until the mind strengthens and returns to itself. So concentration is never referred to as concentration on an object out there, on a sensation or a feeling. Or a, no, that's the objects of mindfulness. Concentration is the mind returns to itself. It gathers into its own strength. And we didn't know this. We didn't know there was such a thing as a mind other than just the things that flood through it. Mindfulness begins to inform you that's the case because the phenomena that flood through it change. They're triggered by this circumstance. They decline according to that. They arise with this. They're, right. they're not. They're, they're, they're visitors. Hmm. They come and go. What do they come and go through? They come and go. Is there a here that they come and go through? That here we call mind, jitta, awareness. You can't really form it as an object because it's the subject. But what you do recognize is there's a presence that is unmoved or less moved, sensing it. And samadhi is when the energy returns from the objects of the mind, running out into phenomena, it begins to return and turn back, go home from phenomena, the run out, 
into the mind that doesn't run out. So it's very strengthening. And you can pick up particular signs, so it's a sign of breathing in and out, a sign of the unattractive, maybe some like we were naturally human beings are attracted to bodies. That's how the species functions. You these triggers that attract you, rise up sexual energy. Actually, this is just the mechanism. So when actually you begin to contemplate what a body is, and you realize it's just a contemplation it is, even visually, let alone as you experience it in yourself. I mean, what's attractive about that? It's basically the whole industry that a lot of people are involved with is in making a body look attractive. You groom it, you powder it, you gloss it, you buff it, you dress it, you groom it, you preen it, you make it swagger or simple or giggle or brag or something else, then it becomes attractive. <laughs> You've got to light it up quite a lot to get it going. Without it, it's just like, yeah, shape, yeah, meat, yeah, you know, well, okay. There's even the, the original what most of the body is, is you pull the skin off, which is about one millimetre, two millimetres thick. You don't want to go near it. So most of it is actually of the nature to be either not attractive or directly you know, opposite, repulsive even. You really get into a body as a body, meat, flesh, bones, sinews, kinds of fluids slushing around. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, okay. Uh, the, the, the incredible magic spell that is triggered, and it's not there, it's right here. You can feel it burst when it happens. Something mind bursts, floods, drugged, yeah. swinging, swaying, impelled. Do you want more of this? You know, it's drugged, heated, pushed over a what? It's the mind playing with itself, using a, somebody else's body to, to trigger it. Stop this game. <laughs> so we bring up the unattractive. Bear it in mind, look at it, consider it, dwell upon it. The actuality of a physical body Take the person out of it. Mind unifies because it happens to be true. It may not be something you want to hear, but you know, you go to a hospital, go to an operating theatre, see your body as it is. 
you don't feel attracted to it. You might feel okay with it, or it's interesting, but you're not going to be attracted to it. And what is good about attraction anyway? It's kind of tugging, pulling, heating. Because the mind doesn't know itself, it has to bond to something else. It's that desperate. So you say, come on back. Okay, you want to be in a body, then just contemplate the very body you're in. You don't have to run anywhere for. Contemplate the body that you're in right now. What is it? Movements, pressures, heats, coolnesses, tingles, flushes, space, shifting things, sensations. Okay, that's as close as you can get. Right? And it's not attractive or unattractive, it's just elements playing, doing their thing. And your mind can then hold that sign and it's got a stabilizing effect. You don't have to cook it up. It's true. You don't have to fantasize around it. You don't need any mental activity other than just direct apprehension. In fact, less mental activity, the better. Don't have an attitude, don't have a set goal, don't have a fixed opinion, just as it is. So it's stripping down a mental proliferation, agitation, attitudes, views, opinions, just the direct. It's this, isn't it? That reduction model. Uh, because you're being mindful of something as it is, as it's manifesting, with no strings attached, no heat being given to it, no dogma, straight. How is this? And actually, it doesn't really matter how it is, because the very elimination of mental agitation, mental proliferation, is very strengthening. Your mind feels pretty solid. Even some it's not especially wonderful. But this is why is this, these things are truths, that the mind recognizes its own master. Oh, this is where I stand straight. Feels it. This is samadhi. Got no other master. Unified. Mm. No, you just can practice like that, just sitting, standing, and what is the entire body directly felt now? Leave everything else out. So, you know, there's no with that, there's no hair, there's no teeth, there's no ears, there's no size, there's no shape, there's no, it's just pressures, weights, lightness, fluidities, warmth, coolness, harshness, softness, spreading your awareness over the whole 
phenomenal field of body. There is body. One is mindful to this extent, clear knowing and aware. There is body. The mind thinks, yeah, but then what do I know? (laughs) But how long? No. But why should no? Stop. Wait. Take your instructions from the master. Not from the I am. The master will tell you. Something, something in your heart starts to open up. Oh, relief. All the weight of self-importance gone. All the mass of my complicated identity gone. This is good. is good. That's what the master tells you. You saw what you didn't see. You realized what you didn't realize. And it was really just being truthful and reducing everything else. Standing up. Let's take some doing, of course, because these habits are strong, but there's there's a line of practice. So you see, concentration is not just kind of focusing on some particular refined point. It's unifying. This is body. Using body because it's it's less volatile. Sure, bodies have twinges and pains and things we dislike and aches, and but it's nothing like the mind which really is a wagon load of monkeys. Trying to get you around that, you've got to have a lot of, you know, keeping the crabs on the plate. <laughs> They're creeping off in all directions at once. You know, you've got to get a very big plate <laughs> to keep all the crabs from running off the sides of it. Just wait a minute. Stop. Stop. No, no, no. And then once you get the hang of it, you get a sense of, oh, because what what the body does, it always gives you a, a kind of a recognition. This is a, this is the correct, if I'm not too dogmatic about it, but this is the natural mode of, of attention, you see. Now, if you just imagine what any creature, any living creature, where it's with attention be placed as a default, for survival, right? It would be on its body, wouldn't it? You know, you've got to move, you've got to walk, you've got to get over a rock, you've got to... It's going to be on your body. It's going to be roughly that which covers the body. Your normal natural attention span would be that which covers the body because that must be the default that you return to for safety, for security, for orientation. Yeah. You know... It's going to be, you want to be in that. That's your default. That's the natural mode of attention. will be kind of broad enough to cover the entire body because that's what we're going to work with. And every bit of it counts. And the toes to the ears, every bit of it counts. So it's, so it's a fairly wide span. And it's also, it's not 
formless, but it's a fairly wide span because there's a certain sense of, hey, this is this is important. This is valuable. There's a natural default attentiveness to that, which we lose because most of our lives, we, our default has been the topic of the mind. Doesn't it? Yeah, maybe when you were three, running around, throwing sand around, rolling in the mud, chasing your dogs, you're in your body. But most of it, you've been out of it, into focusing on some idea, project, thought, scheme, plan. So your attention has been trained to be narrowly engaged with a particular mental phenomena. And that's not good. Because it's a narrow, scurrying, and mental phenomena are so fast-moving that your attention span, your ability to sustain attention, considerably weakened. You know, like, I guess... You know, if we look at what the attention span of an average young person, enough to connect to their Twitter account to get 140 characters. Yeah. So your images are flashing by half a second, maybe less. And go to the next thing, go to the next thing. Attention span is half a second. And on to the next thing. That's, you know, it's agile, it's fast, but it's not, there's no power in it because it's just gripped by the phenomenon completely, which is moving and it's trained to stay with the phenomenon. A new delightful turn, twist, push button, click onto that, follow that, and it's moving at that speed. So you, you switch it off, collapse. Or most likely just starts grasping phenomena that arise out of that sense of collapse. And when the <laughs> you know, when the visual the screen dies, you know, your image on your screen dies, it's carrying you, carrying your mind, and suddenly it's switched off, the collapse, all kinds of discordant Fears, anxieties, neurosis start to well up because the mind just doesn't have anything to hold on to. It starts, starts creating images out of the dysfunction, the darkness, the sadness, the loss. And so people just crack up or get flooded. Ah, yeah. Why is mental health decreasing? Probably many reasons. But, you know, if you've got to have kids taking medication at the age of 12 because their attention span is just so short. Hyper, 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 hyper. The meditation is a total non-starter. <laughs> just got to start doing some jogging or something to get, you get the attention rate down, 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 down in terms of speed stronger in terms of sustaining and we're like at the top end of that what we're doing here 
And it's why it's extremely challenging for many of us. You know, I mean, I'm doing this for decades. It's no longer a challenge for me, but it was at first. To hold attention. And that's really where sati, mindfulness, and building it up. So samadhi comes in through the power, the energy, the channeling energy to, to sustain attention on a reasonable mode. And the default mode is the entire body. Now, when we, we use a word like concentration, most of us will assume that means that actions we did when we were solving a problem, hmm? figuring something out, we'll imagine it's a kind of tightening of the mind on a particular mental thing. But in the age of the Buddha, they didn't have them. There was very little writing, no science, no Twitter. <laughs> No maths. What they did have, body, jungle, forest. Be attentive. Be careful. You're in a jungle. Be with your body. That's the default. So, yeah, fairly straightforward. Can we return to that? Can we do our walking, our standing? With that, bearing that in mind. And, you know, meeting the doubt. Well, what's the point of this? I'm not getting concentrated. I should be doing this. I should be able to be this. Uh, just really getting walking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> starting again. Just steaming off the agitations, the proliferations and the doubts. Until it's just the walking and then, oh, wow, just walking. What a relief. You know, all that self-bubble. Mm. And samadhi, this, this a mind returns to its unity. And then we really use either wisdom, discernment, to understand what needs to be done. To recognize how you do it, how it brings it around, to recognize what brings it around. And it's not me getting uptight. It's not me, you know, finding exactly the way it's going to work for me. It's not, it's going to be the power of sati to bear something manageable, simple, in mind, and support it. Yeah. So, you know, you, your body the main thing. But then you can have these inflections of welcoming. Your body's saturated with ill will. The feeling of, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, you know, just too tense. That's why you're irritable. You're much too tense. Relax. That's why you're so irritable and defensive, is because there's tension. Oh, soften, soften. Or maybe strengthen, because you're daydreaming and drifting off and waffling. Strengthen. Back, legs, feet, standing. Strengthen, strengthen. So you can inflect around that. And then, this is mind. And you span all of it. 
So there's no delight, aversion, entanglement with any particular mental phenomenon. Difficult to create an I am. The I am always tends to focus on particular patterns and get embedded in them. We just open up, here's the sort of sense of the you know, thinking, perceiving, imagining, emotions, beyond that, psychic energies, and just all it, without getting fascinated, averse to any of it. This is mind. Keep widening to cover all of it. And you recognize something that's not about the content. And that something is steady, it's empathic, it's compassionate, it's dispassionate, and it releases from the complexities of the mind. And you realize that which you've not realized. I am not the mind. Or this is not the mind. It's just this. This gives you faith, even a few moments of that. Even a moment of it gives you faith. Yes, there is a way through. It does happen. So how these indriyas then support each other every time there's a some degree of realization of path, of results. Yeah. The degree of faith in, increases. The sense of being able to commit increases. Energy is able to, to, to stay on topic. Mindfulness is established. Result of mindfulness. Mind is collected in itself. You have samadhi and wisdom supervises all of it. These are how these indriyas work. And as it's uh, said, these five indriyas, when cultivated, uh, bear, uh, culminate in the deathless. This is their this is their where they fulfil themselves in the deathless. And I'll leave that up to you to contemplate what that's about. So let's make full advantage of the time here and offer my encouragement and uh, for your practice and persistence and uh, good efforts. <laughs>